The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong Wu's teaching on the book of Genesis chapter 49 to 50, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day so you will be full of faith. So today we will read Genesis chapter 49 and 50, and then we can see through Jacob's prophecy to his 12 children, we can understand how a mature parent can speak out the calling and destiny of their children through their blessing to their children. So verse 1, Then Jacob called his son and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in days to come. So here it's not an immediate prophecy to them because a lot of those prophecy actually they will only come to complete fulfillment till New Testament and even to the book of Revelation. So here it says the things that shall happen to you in the days to come. It's not talking about what should they do in their current life, but instead it's a reminder for them to know how can they align themselves with God to always live in front of God according to God's will. And you know, in these uh, prophecies to these two children, some of them may sound like a cursing, some of them may sound like blessing. Maybe you may feel like, oh wow, it's so unfair why some of the children they have to receive curse and some of them are able to receive blessings you see all oh, those blessed kids are so nice they can always live in god's blessing and for the people who are being cursed they seem to be so pitiful because uh, the words that jacob give them there isn't even a single word about favor or grace but actually that is not the case because if you really look carefully to all these blessings and seemingly curses on these two children, even though he might receive something that sounds like a curse, but as long as he keep aligning themselves with God, aligning themselves with God, then God can turn these curses into blessing. And on the contrary, for some children, even though he received some apparent blessings, it seems like he received abundance in the future. However, if they don't continue to align themselves in front of God, then the blessing in this world will eventually become the basis of future conviction and judgment. So the most important thing is not what you immediately receive. But the most important thing is, how can I continue to live in front of the Lord? And through these blessings from Jacob, you can really see that even though Jacob, his flesh is becoming weakened and weakened and he's about to die, but you can tell that the revelation he has in his mind is understanding to God and understanding of God's promise and understanding of how these things are going to fulfill in their family. He actually becomes much sharper and much clearer compared to the past. So their families today, when you are reading Genesis chapter 49 and 50, please don't just feel that, oh, this is some ancient story. But instead, you have to receive this revelation. Say that, Lord, may you also give me this revelation so that I can use that to bless my children, so that I know how to bless them. And maybe you can also pray that, Lord, whether my parents are Christians or not, or whether or not uh, what kind of things I receive from my upbringing, either they are blessings or pain or suffering or even some curses, 
But as long as I keep gazing at you, as long as I keep aligning with you, even though I might receive some family curses, but they can also be turned into blessing in God's hand. So through these blessings to these two children, we can continue to ask from the Lord, say that, Lord, yes, this is something that I want. Lord, this is something that I have to avoid. Lord, this is something that it's on my heart. Lord, this is something that I have to be careful. So next, let's read verse 2 to verse 4. So Jacob begins to speak to Reuben. So you know, Reuben, he's supposed to be the firstborn son. However, you will see that in these passages, there is no blessing, but there's also no cursing. Jacob only mentioned his sins. And in verse 3 and verse 4, they are actually reminding us we have to be very cautious about the temptation from lust. And it's a reminder so that we can continue to live in front of God purely and very cautiously. So the Lord, may you save us from any temptation from lust, save me from any bondages from sin, and also save me from all the insecurities that I might have, lest we did something that will make us regret one day. So, you know, maybe from your upbringing, it may aid these insecurities in our heart. And then in the future, when you are in your dating process, you might, because of this insecurity, you might try to use something like sex or constantly changing your partner or try to satisfy your flesh so that you can have a temporary security. But that's actually not going to work. You have to pray to the Lord. Lord, may you give me the true security that is based on truth and love. Let me know that I'm being chosen and loved by you. May you save me through the temptation of lust. And we as a parents, we can also pray for our kids to save them from all the temptation of lust, save them from any insecurities, any inferiority, any shame, the bondage from all those things. And also bless my children, even though they might make mistakes, but they can have this courage to turn back to God and continue to live in front of the Lord gloriously. So, you know, even though the tribe of Reuben, he is still there, even till the book of Revelation. However, there has never been any priests, any judges or any leaders or kings coming from the tribe of Reuben. There is not even a single one. Considering the fact that he is the firstborn son, it's truly something very pitiful. He is the firstborn, but he lost his blessing. He has a lot of love and compassion. However, his love in his human nature cannot help him to step into God's destiny. So next in verse 5 to verse 7, it talks about Simeon and Levi. And you can feel that Jacob, he was truly terrified by the event in Shechem. And then you see in verse 7, Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. So it sounds like a cursing on them, but it's actually not. But instead, it's Jacob, he's trying to tell his children how can they overcome their emotions, and how can they learn to curse all the ill temper, learn to curse the fierce emotion, learn to curse the cruelty inside them, and learn to curse the wrath inside them. So he is not cursing his own children, but instead he's telling his children that you have to nail your bad temper on the cross. So today, may we also pray for our children and pray for ourselves. If you have some issue about a temperament, if you are easy to get angry, if you are easy to have be frustrated or easy to be depressed and you are being dragged along by your emotion, 
So today we can hand all these things in front of the Lord and nail it on the cross. Believe that we can overcome. So Simeon and Levi, you know, between these two, the sons of Levi, they are, are still determined to see God. And later on in the time of Moses, they put their swords on their side and they killed all the ones who worship idols. So because of that, Levi was set apart to stand before the Lord to minister to him. So even though they are still scattered, within the Israel, it may look like a curse, but God becomes their own inheritance. So even though they are scattered, but it actually means that they have inheritance all over the place. And wherever they go, they become the blessings of all Israelites. So you can see, even though Simeon and Levi, they sin against God's righteousness in the issue of Shechem, and even though Reuben sins against God's holiness, however, among these three children, Levi, he is still determined to choose God, to seek God. So even the curses he has can become a blessing. So today, maybe in our family line, or maybe our parents, they used to worship idol, or maybe they have abortion, or some bad uh, sin in the past, or maybe there are some uh, severe diseases that are hereditary in our gene. But today, we can come and ask God, you do his precious blood, we can nail all those things on the cross. So you can pray that Lord, today I'm determined to follow you. I'm determined to seek you and choose you. And I'm determined to serve you. If you do that, even curses can be turned into blessings. So you know, even though Levi, now he's being scattered all over the place, but everyone will still try to attach to them. Remember, Levi means attached. So even though Levi becomes scattered in Israel, but but if Levi, they attach to the Lord, even though the fact that they are still scattered doesn't change, but God becomes their inheritance. And wherever Levi goes, they become the blessing of all 12 tribes. So this is the true meaning of God who turns curses into blessings. So maybe the circumstances doesn't change, but our ability change. And you know, maybe the disease status, the symptoms doesn't change, but our faith is elevated. So maybe I'm still facing the same circumstances, but through God's promotion, we can become the blessings of many. So determine to want God and strive to seek God, then all the bad things can turn into God's grace and God's blessing. So next, uh, we talk about Judah. So Judah, he received God's anointing. And here we have a question that why Judah can receive this and become the lineage of Messiah to receive, to become the tribe of the king. And it's actually because Judah pleaded to Joseph for Benjamin. And this fact touched the father's heart and satisfy Abba father's heart. So today, if we are hoping that God can raise us up as a leader in our life, if we want to be used by God so that I can be a pastoral role or to even to bring other people up, or maybe you want to be a leader of the church that can help the church, then today you can pray to God saying that, Lord, may you help me to continue to satisfy your heart, to get closer to your heart. Let me to help others. Let me to care for others. It's not trying to satisfy their needs, but when I'm caring for others, raising up others, I'm trying to satisfy Abba Father's heart. Then in that case, God will grant it 
us the authority of a king. God will give us the authority to raise people, the authority to rule, the authority with the ability. And so next, later on, maybe you will see either Zebulun or Issachar or Dan, you know, they all gradually step by step step into God's destiny. However, for Dan, it's also very um, pitiful. It's that, you know, the tribe of Dan, they're supposed to have all the glory. But the tribe of Dan, when they are casting their lots for the land, later on when we read the book of Joshua, we will see that they have not obtained their inheritance and they don't want to get that land because they think it's too hard to get that place. So they instead went to find an easier place to become their uh, inhabitants of their tribes. So you know, the tribe of Dan is actually a very small tribe. However, later on, this tribe becomes the one that introduced idol worship. So you know, when you are reading in the book of Revelation, the name of the tribe of Dan completely disappear. So even though the tribe of Dan is supposed to be one of the 12 tribe of Israel, but actually Dan here, then shall be a serpent in the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. So it's really a huge pity. And this is the tribe of Dan. So eventually they did not choose God. They forsake their God. Originally, God gave them blessing. However, those blessings eventually becomes the basis of their conviction. And then for the next couple of children, um, they are being blessed one after another. And then you see that Joseph also received a lot of blessing. And actually Joseph, he receives the blessing of the firstborn son. And the key is because he stand firm in front of the Lord and he always wants God. He persists in his seeking of the Lord. So when Jacob in his late years when he know that he's about to die, he says, he talk about the things that will happen in the future. He actually speak those words in a life of a mature father. So today, I also want to bless every single father, or maybe if your husband, he's not a believer yet, then you can also be that role to bless your children. Or maybe you are an elder grandparents in the family. You can bless for your grandchildren. I encourage you to pray in front of the Lord to really seek his will. So, you know, blessing of the children is not just about partitioning the heritage, but instead is to constantly ask God, how can I give this spiritual inheritance to them? How can I tell them what are the things that will happen in the days to come? We can really pray in front of the Lord to receive it and then to prophesy to them. So today, if the children, if our children, they are determined to align themselves with God, it doesn't really matter whether or not you say it is 100% accurate. You might feel that, oh, I don't know how to prophecy. I'm not that prophetic. I don't know if it's going to be correct. As long as you encourage your children to love the Lord from God's will, you can use your understanding to God's words, to Bible verses, and to encourage your children in God's will, to encourage them to focus, to serve the Lord. Then even though you your words might not be complete, but God can help you to complete those blessings. Or maybe you might say something wrong, but God can also intervene and change that. So it's very simple just like that. So today we have to be careful. It's not that Jacob's prophecy just um, be like 100% correct and fix the path for the 12 children in the future. No, it's not that case. But instead, 
Jacob's prophecy is actually to guide them to know how to live in front of the Lord, to be cautious about your weaknesses, your shortcoming, to be cautious about the things that may make you to lose your faith, that may make you to lose your promises. It's a reminder of those things. And here the key is that because Jacob, he fully understand God's heart. So today, if we also know God's heart, then today we our blessing to our children can also be powerful. And we can start from today. Before you head out for work, before they go to sleep, or at the end of each week, or Saturday evening, the end of the week, the next day, uh, it's going to be the weekly service time, then you can give your children have this blessing once a week. If you do it every week, do it every day, then our children, they will be able to align themselves with God to serve the Lord and love the Lord. And all the promises and destiny that God has on their life can gradually be fulfilled step by step. So later on, Jacob um, told his children to tell him that where he wants to be buried. So he said, I'm to be gathered to my people. So bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. And there I buried Leah. So remember, Jacob, he loved Rachel. But Rachel, she's buried in Ephrata. And Jacob chose to bury together with Leah in their land in Canaan, in Hebron. So here you can see that Jacob, he's really mature. He know God's will. He now wants to satisfy the heart of Abba fathers. He has completely let go the love that he has on his own heart. And he also know that the death of Rachel on his path is actually God's pruning in his life. You know, according to Jacob's ability at that time, it's very easy for him to just tell his son Joseph saying that, oh, you can go to find the the bury place of your mother and you can dig it out so I can bury you with your mom. You know, Joseph, he totally have this ability to find it. And his father, you know, Joseph, he might feel that doesn't my father, he wants to find my mom, you know, Joseph have the ability. But here you can see that both Jacob and Joseph, they are really living in God's prohibition. They know how to allow God to stop their natural tendency, their natural inclination, their natural desire, but instead to align themselves with the Lord. So Jacob, he knows that when he died, he has to be buried in Hebron, and he's supposed to bury with Leah. So their families today in our lives, whether or not we have walked on this path of the cross, is our life being pruned by the Lord to a degree that is fully matured. You can easily see that through the inclination of your emotion, through the inclination of how you do things, through how you spend time, through how you spend your money. It's very easy to just see that. You can't fake it. You know, the life of Christian, you can't fake it. So today, at the end of our life, whether or not we can just like Jacob to really ask ourselves today, my emotion, my desire, my money, my time, how do I use them? Am I constantly using them to offer up them to sacrifice to the Lord? Am I having a life of altar that is constantly connected to the Lord? Then I will know that whether or not 
Every single decision that I make, every time that I spend, I choose it according to God's heart, not according to my own desire. And this is the maturity of Jacob. So through this 50 chapter, remember Genesis chapter one, it's talking about life, talking about glory, light, creation. And on contrary, Genesis chapter 50, it's all talking about death. And here it's actually a response to the words that the day when you eat the fruit, you shall surely die. So since the beginning of Genesis chapter one, humans life has an end and our ages become shorter and shorter and shorter. And then eventually, even though they stay in Egypt, which has a rich abundance, but later on, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, they all are buried in Hebron. So their families, we have to ask that my life, what is the most valuable thing in my life? It's actually how much I can connect to God's kingdom. Today, whether or not the ages that I live on earth is valuable, you have to ask yourself, do, am I wanting to spend my time on earth to just live in front of people just live in front of men, you know, eventually our life will end. What are the things that I serve for my children? What are my spiritual inheritance? What are the examples, the role model that I set for my spiritual lives? What is my entrustment to them? What do I want to tell them? And then so here we can see what Joseph is about to say. So then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physician embalmed Israel. So this is different from making mummy, but instead it's to smoke the body with fragrance. So this is the Jewish way to do it. And they embalm it for 40 days and the Egyptians wept for him 70 days. So compared to the highest honor for Pharaoh, which is 72 days, it's just two days less. So you can see this is actually a very huge honor to, to Jacob. And in verse six, and Pharaoh answered, go up and bury your father as he made you swear. So where does he get buried? He's buried in the land of Canaan. So indeed, all those people, all the servants, they went together, went to the land of Canaan to bury Jacob. And also this burial is very special because remember when they went back to the land of Canaan, at that time, there's no more famine already. And then, so Joseph, he's also the second in command in Egypt, which is pretty awesome. And then for the other brothers, they can also went back to the land of Canaan when they are very familiar with. However, why do they still have to went back to Egypt after the burial? And so here you see Joseph, he truly received reminder from Jacob that they have to wait until the El Shaddai, the Almighty God to manifest to them. Because right now the land of Canaan, it's not ready yet. It's not prepared. They have to stay in Egypt for 400 years, 430 years. They have to submit to God's timing. So you can see even Joseph, he lives, he submit himself to God's ruling. Joseph is not like, okay, today I'm the second in command in Joseph. Now my father passed away. So now I'm the greatest in this family. You know, my brother Judah, he will also support me. And you know, my brother, they are all familiar with Canaan. They are not familiar with Egyptians. You know, even though Egypt is very rich, but they hate the shepherds. And you know, even though the district of Ramesses is pretty awesome, but it still cannot compare to where we come from, of course. And we also have this ability. We can totally go back to the land of 
Canaan. And also, Jacob is buried there. Why don't we just go back? No. But instead, the 12 tribe, they have to receive God's command. So Joseph, he himself, he also had to submit to God's schedule. So every, he has to leave everyone to went back to Egypt. And then in verse 15, Joseph's brother, they start to feel afraid. They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So maybe we should just went back to the land of Canaan. We shouldn't stay in Egypt. It's so horrible. So you know, when Joseph, he heard those words, he wept sorrowfully. And next, let's see how Joseph responds to these things. And verse 18, his brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? And next in verse 20 is really key. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So here Joseph said, Said that am I in the place of God? So Joseph he submitted himself to God's authority. So Joseph he just keeps saying that it's God who sent me here to Egypt first. He meant it for good to bring me to Egypt, even though you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. So you can see Joseph he completely forget the pain and suffering, but he did not forget the evil of men. So this is actually very key. Their families. You see why Joseph he has to test his brothers one after another it's because he has to deal with the sins of his brother so joseph he did not forget the sin and the evil you know god he will punish so we as a human we cannot forget regarding our pain remember that we in christ we are always new creation so we can forgive and forget and we also believe that when we forgive it's also giving others a second chance and it's also written in the bible Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So we can have a brand new start. However, in the book of Ephesians, it also reminded us that we should not completely forget our past because we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body and the mind. So we should not forget how we were also against God in our past. We should not forget that in the past we are also ignorant. We also don't know God. So what are the things that we should remember? What are the things we should forget? It depends on God's principle. We have to remember very clearly. So even though we became a new creation in Christ, we shouldn't think that we will no longer sin. Don't just think that because we are now a new creation, so we don't need to grow. Don't think that, oh, now we are in Christ, we are baptized, so we become blameless. No, but instead, we still need to strive to pursue Him and press on towards the goal. Just like it's written in Second Peter, once you have this, you should add to this. Supplement your virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness. And we add those things all by making every effort. So their families, there are a lot of things in your life that we should forget because we are a new creation in Christ. But there are also a lot of things in our life that we should never forget because we can never forget that we are ultimately just sinners. 
Whenever we forsake our God, we will just become someone who are cast out in the outside darkness and we will be weeping and gnashing the teeth. And remember that apart from God, we can do nothing. We can only be thrown away like a branch and thrown into the fire and burned. So we really have to keep abiding in the Lord. And this is Joseph's true understanding to the Lord. You know, because Joseph's brother, they still don't have this kind of understanding. They don't really know Joseph yet. So they thought that Joseph will try to pay them back. But you see, even though they have received so many blessings, they have received a blessing from their father, they have all these glorious prophecy. However, their life hasn't matured up yet and they still respond incorrectly. So their families, we have to grow up. Our life has to be matured up. Only when we are matured up, then we will be able to receive the prophecy. You know, oftentimes we might heard a lot of prophecy through the prophets, through our pastors. Those prophecy, they might sound like something too big for us. But you know, of course, because God is great and He is big and we are the Prince of the Lord. So of course, we are supposed to receive a promise and destiny that is great. However, if our life hasn't matured up to a degree, then we wouldn't be able to receive these prophecies and these prophecies would not be able to fulfill. So if we don't grow up, no matter how nice of a words that you receive, they will never come true. So don't just keep urgently just pressing on to to just keep listening to more prophecy here and there but instead we should strive to make our life mature up and grow up and later on joseph he was also about to die and joseph said to his brothers i am about to die but god will visit you and bring you up out of this land to the land that he swore to abraham to isaac and to jacob then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So here in the last verses of the entire book of Genesis, so Joseph died being 110 years old. They embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So this is the end of the entire book of Genesis. It's the death of a man, and it reflects on the shortage of man's life on earth. So we have to wait we have to wait until we went back to the promised land. Remember that we are just sojourners on this earth. We are just living on earth temporarily. We will eventually die, but we are not just staying there. We have to go to the promised land. We have to go to the eternal new heavens and new earth. We have to be king and rule over all the earth with Christ till forever and ever. So today, maybe we will stay in the coffin one day, but the coffin is not our end. That is not our end. The glorious new Jerusalem is our eternal destiny. Amen.